Good morning, everybody. Friday before Florida, Kentucky. Thanks for joining me here on this Twitter Spaces chat. Ahead of Florida, Kentucky. I, I keep wanting to call. I keep wanting to call Kentucky, Tennessee, for some reason. Uh, earlier in the week, I wanted to call, call Tennessee, Kentucky. It's happened to me all week. I don't know why. Don't know why I want to do that, but. We'll get your guys' thoughts in here if you want to talk some football ahead of Florida, Kentucky tomorrow. Some big games in the SEC. Miami going down last night on a doink field goal. Started last night, so some good games on Saturday. Plenty to look forward to with Florida and Kentucky. Co-host Will Miles, if you read his uh, if you read his article yesterday on Read and Reaction, he uh, he's got a close game between Florida and Kentucky. I got a close game, but I think Florida stretches it late. AR plays, we'll know, we'll see. More explosive. Sounds like he'll play though. Sounds like he'll play. All right, let's go ahead and get started right here. Ken is in here. Let me bring you in here, Ken. All right, Ken, man, you're in here. Hey, Dave. Uh, hey. I was wondering what your what your thoughts are from what you've heard this week about how well prepared the team is and the young players, how they'll handle this environment on Saturday. Yeah, Moe said, uh, I believe uh, he was very complimentary of practice this week. You know, he, he's pretty truthful with that. He'll, he'll say if there's some things he doesn't like in practice during the week. Uh, but on his Thursday radio show, uh, he did mention, uh, it's been a really, really good week of practice. Uh, I've also heard that as well. It's been a really good practice for this team. Uh, welcome news. They've been working on the physicality, the tackling that they know they'll have to bring forward against Kentucky all week. Um, they've been there's, that's been a point of emphasis all week. I mean, don't get me wrong, I think it should be a point of emphasis all the time, <laughs> but I guess you know, you ramp it up just a little bit when you know you play a, a team like Kentucky. Uh, but um, yeah, look, tackling is always important, so it, to me, it shouldn't have to be ramped up this week. It probably, whatever level you're working on tackling this week, should probably be the level it's always at, uh, when you're getting ready, uh, for, for a season and, pre- and preparing for games. But it is a point of emphasis this week just because um, that's, that, that, that's the brand of football Kentucky likes to bring to the table. Yes, they've changed OCs. Yes, they've brought in a quarterback to open up the offense. But it's it's within opening up the offense of what they are already known for. Now, eventually, they, they may recruit. They may develop away from that. But right now, on the hills of – Eddie Grand leaving and 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 Colin coming in as OC, they're still going to be that tough, hard nosed run team that starts there. Uh, but you know the team ha- has to be ready for that physicality, so that's the big point of emphasis this week, uh, especially on defense. Uh, in practice this week, yeah, uh, you got a lot of young guys. I mean, Emery, he's been around the program, he's made some plays he's been involved in some big road environments already but you know just like the first game of the season this is his first start in that situation so how does he handle that they're looking you got a player like Xavier Henderson who uh you know in his second year in the program he's played a lot of football but this would be his first big time road environment uh he played a lot in 2020 of course but you didn't get that stadium that, that opponent stadium filled up to the brim 
and loud crowds. And now, you know, a player like Xavier Henderson, he's playing in his first environment like this as well. So how does it all come together? I don't – I don't think it'd be that big of a deal. Um, now, this isn't Alabama coming to Florida and dealing with a crowd like that. Don't get me wrong. Kentucky fans will be loud. Kentucky fans will be ready to go. But you're still looking at uh, 60, 65,000 people compared to the 90,000 that Florida had and, and making the big difference. So, I mean, you got to be prepared for it. Don't get me wrong. Uh, and you have a lot of guys who haven't played in that situation at all yet. Uh, but it's not like it's going to be what Florida – fans gave to Alabama fans a couple weeks ago. Uh, so be prepared for it. Make sure you, you your communication's right. Make sure your signals are, are, are good to go. You know, you can't have the situation like Florida had a couple years ago versus Georgia and the wrong wristbands. Communication was wrong. You know, at least go out there and don't, and don't kill yourself uh, and don't shoot yourself in the foot in that regard. But uh, I, I think they'll be fine. You know, this is it's nothing new for Emory. Yeah, it's his first start, but he—I he, mean—he was in Baton Rouge in 2019 when yeah, that was one of the best environments in college football. If you went to a Baton Rouge game, uh, an LSU game in Baton Rouge in 2019. I mean, yeah, I was there. Yeah, yeah so he's—he's he's dealt with that. He—he he, he knows uh, what that is. I, I, he's not going to be taken by surprise or anything like that. So, uh, as far as that goes, I think Florida will be fine. You know, they use a lot of signals anyway. Uh, now that that's something that's kind of changed uh, a bit with this offense, especially when they go up tempo. Florida's went up tempo a good bit this year, and of course, you're, you're dealing with signals. You're not huddling up and um, trying to, to to make a play call in a huddle where communication is, uh, you know, very, um, very very needed and imperative. Now you see this team run a play. They'll line up. They'll look to the sideline, they'll get the signal, and then they'll go. So at least they're already used to that as well. They're not implementing anything new so per se uh, to, to get this offense going with signals. So they're, they're used to that as well. So I don't think it would be much of a factor. And I, Will we be able to tell? Now, I guess you could look at false starts and that type of thing. And when they go to change the play, what is communication like as well? Uh, but I think initially um, it won't be that big uh, of a deal for the Gators. Okay, thanks, Dave. Thanks, man. All right. Hop in here. If you want to talk just a little bit, Florida, Kentucky. Uh, big game up front on, on defense, of course. And that's, I mean, I'm not breaking any news there. That's not an original thought, original idea, of course. But I think uh, you're going to have to have somebody's name you haven't heard a whole lot of this year, to, to, I think. You know, for for this Florida defense, especially up front, uh, to to play its best, you know, is that a linebacker who's making tackle after tackle? Uh, this might be the game where we miss Ventrell Miller the most, and I don't think Ventrell Miller's what well, you know the, the best linebacker out there. But this is the type of game that he looked for. This is the type of game he would put his head in there and come out of the game with 12, 13 tackles. Uh, does Florida have that guy uh, at linebacker that's going to stick their head in there and, and get many, many tackles uh, this game? So is this a game for, you know, Mamou Diabate or Jeremiah Moon or um, Tyron Hopper where, you know, that's the guy's name you're going to hear over and over? Or is it the guy up front? You know, we've, we, we've, we've seen the highlights of Gervin Dexter the last couple of weeks and his progression. You know, is it his name up front that we hear a whole lot? Or is it Valentino, Truesdale, uh, Newkirk, you know, I, I, it's going to be a guy. Those three linebackers I mentioned, those four guys at defensive tackle slash defensive end, bring in Zach Carter as well. You know, we're going to hear one of those guys, maybe a couple of those guys, we're going to hear their name a lot 
Saturday night because you know if this if this defense is doing what we want it to do if if the front seven is doing the job that they need to do to stop Kentucky hold that run game in check what you're going to hear those names a lot is it so and so with another tackle behind the line of scrimmage or you know uh, another run stuff by Jeremiah Moon Mamou Diabate Tyron Hopper I mean that that but you're going to need that you're going to have to have one player two players up there in that front seven that go over double-digit tackles. And, and, I'm not, and I'm not talking tackles seven, eight yards down field. You know, this is guys who are going to be needing tackles behind the line of scrimmage, guys at two yards gained uh, for, for Kentucky. So that's where I think, you know, something to look for there. Is there, is there a player or two that you just hear their name over and over and over again uh, stopping that Kentucky run game? All right, Tyler's getting in here. Hey, Tyler. Uh, you're... Sorry, my, my mic was off. Um, so I read on Twitter this week, and the stat blew my mind because I've seen every game since then, and I just never put two and two together. But I guess we haven't <laughs> had a pick six since Chauncey took it back <laughs> against Michigan uh, way back in the 2017-2018, something like that. And that stat blew my mind, and it just got me thinking, you know, have we just not recruited that well in the secondary, or is it a Grantham scheming thing to where he just doesn't put guys in position to break on the ball? Um, I, I lean more with the scheme. Um, now, don't get me wrong, recruiting it has taken a dip there in the secondary as well, but I still think it's more scheme when you got guys playing so far off and, and, and padding the coverage a bit more than they really should. Uh, but yeah, that 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 stat's crazy. I didn't really think about it either until I saw it there. You know, shout out to I saw Patrick uh, Simpson. He was the one. Yeah, I, I think I, that's I, who I saw as well. Yeah, so um, that, that's nuts. Yeah, it was in the bowl game of the 2018 season, the last game of the season. So Florida has not had a pick six since the Peach Bowl game. Uh, there, Chauncey Gardner Johnson's last game uh, as a Gator as well. So that has been it. Um, and then I I went and looked it up. Have it have it. Uh, the last defensive touchdown, not as long as go as you thought. It was a Zach Carter fumble return versus Arkansas last year yep. uh, in, in that game. So that's the last defensive touchdown. But, yeah, the last pick down for the Gators in the Peach Bowl. And you're right. It's just – and I've said it all week. Um, I, I, I asked Mullen about turnovers on Monday yeah, in the press conference. And, Getting pressure up front, you're getting sacks. You think that would lend itself? The coverage is so soft back there that it doesn't matter. You know, if there's an inaccurate throw, they're still not able to break on the ball because they're so far off the receivers. So, I think uh, if you can get if you can tighten the coverage a bit, but you know that just goes for just in general. Yeah, we we want tighter coverage just for breaks on the ball and making the tackle after the catch is made, not having to have a you know, three, five, seven-yard pad where a defender has or an offensive player has time to make a move, break a tackle. Uh, look, it, it helps uh, it helps the offensive players as well, too, with all this pad because it gives them a chance to kind of recover after catch and, and make a move uh, on the defender. So, yeah, I can't tell you the last time I've even seen uh, an attempt on breaking on the ball and getting a pick. And if the Kyrie Elam interception this year – he was playing, man. He was up on this guy. You had some pressure there on the USF quarterback, and it, the pressure was a bad throw and overthrow to the wide receiver. But it wasn't the defensive back breaking on the ball. Uh, so I, I mean, 
it's been a while since we've even seen uh, that uh, just a pure interception in, in, in that manner, not let alone a pick six, but just an interception in that manner. Yeah, and then even I mean, you look back to our secondary when we had Vernon and Mayday and Pool and all those guys, right? And Kiki. I mean, they would. I mean, I'm trying to think when the last time we stripped a ball. I know Vernon and Marcus May were strip experts. Yeah, uh, and I. I mean, our defensive backs now do well to get a tackle, much less think, try to strip the ball at the same time down the field. So you just hope to see some improvement there, I guess. And, um, you know, I'm just used to the Gator defenses growing up, just forcing turnover after turnover. And this seems like we're in a big drought, and hopefully we can get that figured out sooner than later. Yeah, you know, and you're playing a lot of dink and dunk offenses and a lot of, uh, you know, the, the, the sustained drives because of the – because of the easy passes they can complete because of the coverage. And, you know, you, you like to turn the game. You like to give your offense an extra possession, too. Uh, and, look, Tennessee was turning the ball over fumble-wise coming into the game last week. You didn't get one. Kentucky's been turning the ball over coming into this game with a lot of fumbles. We'll see if, you know, Florida can continue that for Kentucky. But they didn't continue that last week with Tennessee, uh, when Tennessee was having some turnover trouble as well. So, I I don't know what it is. I think it's an aggressive – it's an aggression thing. Um, I mean, look, Todd Grantham's defense, they're, they're aggressive up front. You know, Florida's still aggressive up front. Uh, with, I mean, and still, you know, not in the right way sometimes, a delayed blitz or a, or a blitz from Timbuktu. But, you know, they're, they're, more, they're more aggressive up front than they are on, on the back end. Uh, and I think that's, you know, why we see a lack of turnovers there for the Gators. Yeah, and then the last thing I'll say is if you look the last few times we played Alabama, one turnover, we probably win the game. Yeah. I mean, and we yeah. actually – we you know, we got the one. Yeah. And Trayden <laughs> got absolutely rocked by Mechie and gave it back to him. And then Brandon Cox just yeah. let the ball go right through his hand. So, you know, you really you, wish you yeah, could have those back. But. Yeah, like I said, uh, and I said that in the game review as well with that game. It was like – that Brenton Cox dropped interception. I was like, God, that that felt like the Trey Dean uh, interception fumble because they were like, if you just get that, you that that, that might that might have been the difference in the game uh, to to come out on top there. So yeah, um, that, and, that, and I don't know, you know, I don't know how much they practice it. I don't know how much of an emphasis it is. You know, Mullen said when I asked him that on Monday, he was like, Well, we we keep the pressure up, they'll eventually come. Okay, you know, <laughs> we'll see. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks, Dave. Thanks, man. Good sway in here. What's up, sway? Oh, hey. Hey, what's going on? Can you hear me? Yeah, I got you. Yeah, yeah, just one thing that I wanted to point out. I'm not sure if you talked about it already. Uh, I don't think uh, Coach Savage is getting a – as much praise as he needs to be because these these linemen are, you know, some of the same people from last year who got some minutes and they just were getting pushed off the ball. But now they're actually creating some space, uh, you know, getting movement up front. And I think that really stands for, uh, you know, everything that they've gone through over the offseason. And I just think, you know, he needs to get a lot more praise than uh, what he has been getting pretty much. Yeah, I, I agree with you there, and uh, I think we can kind of say that for the SEC games as well this year. You know, yeah, yeah. The second half of games this year, you know, Florida was tinkering, Florida was working on things. You had a lot of backups in, but the Alabama game and the Tennessee game, you you, you saw the run game uh, get in its groove in about the second quarter, and then just stay in the groove the the, the whole game. Uh, and that you know, really 
you know, attributes itself to to Nick Savage and what he does. And look, I think it's going to be big on defense this week. That's just something I answered on the Gators Breakdown, uh, Gators Breakdown Plus Q and A. Somebody you know is bringing up, and, and I mentioned it earlier about tackling versus Kentucky this week. And look, we all want Florida to start better on defense and the tackling and get off to a better start there. But the difference in the game is how is Florida tackling in the fourth quarter? You know, right. Kentucky is Kentucky's going to be coming after you. Run after run, offensive lineman after offensive lineman. They're going to be beating you up all game long. So what does Florida's tackling look like in the fourth quarter? Are they going to be in shape to sit there and still make those tackles? Are they really, you know, are they going to be focused there in the fourth quarter to make, you know, if, if, they, if the game is close, more than likely it's because Kentucky's been running on you for, 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 for most of the game, and then they're going to continue to do that in the fourth quarter. So are you, are you going to be able – are you going to be in shape? Are you going to be physical enough in the fourth quarter to continue making those tackles uh, that you have game, all, all, all game long? So that's something else I'm going to be looking for as far as Nick Savage. And, you know, I don't want to put too much – you know, if Florida is not tackling well in the fourth quarter, I don't want to sit there and, and say it's, it's Nick Savage or it's not Nick Savage. It's, it's part of him and part of, you know, what Florida's been working on in practice this week and, you know, how they've developed in the tackling game uh, in the offseason – up to this point, uh, but you know if, if they are out there and they're making plays late, you can certainly give a whole lot of credit there to Nick Savage. Uh, but yeah, there's something I'm definitely looking for is you know, tackling's always, always a topic here, especially the last couple of weeks when you know Florida has to tackle well at the beginning of games. So that's definitely something to look for. But what is Florida doing in the fourth quarter tackling wise as well? When you're tired, you don't really want to be hitting over and over again, but you have to, you have to to keep going, going on in, and it, if it's a close game. Uh, there and so uh, it's something I'm really looking forward to is how far is tackling the fourth quarter of the game versus Kentucky. All right, bring Joe in here. Good, how about you? Oh, I'm doing fantastic. I love I love the thing you're doing. You do an awesome job. Listen, let me ask you a couple questions. First of all, let's start off. Four years ago, five years ago, this Gator offensive line at one point had only six starters during the course of that season, and now we have come a long way. What do you attribute that to? Is it John Hevesy? Is it recruiting? Is it a combination of both? I mean, what, what, what your thoughts on that? Um, you know, recruiting could always be better up front, but I did say heading into the season, I actually shared it this week. Uh, I was probably going to be a lot higher on this offensive line than a lot of people were, but mostly because of going back to, uh, Mullen and Hevesy's bread and butter together. You know, this was, uh, this is an offensive scheme that John Hevesy knows. This is what he recruits for. This is what he develops for. He'd rather his offensive lineman be moving forty times, moving forward forty times a game, run blocking, than dropping back forty times a game and pass blocking. That's just that's his mentality. That's his style. Now, that's not an excuse for the performance the last couple of years. Don't get me wrong. Uh, eventually, you're going to have to come around for that. I mean, look at the quarterback quarters recruiting now. You know, not all of them are the runners Emory Jones and Anthony Richardson are. So eventually, down the road, when it is a Carlos Del Rio or a Jalen Kitno or Nick Evers at quarterback. And Florida's throwing the ball 40, 45 times a game. Is the offensive line going to revert back to what we saw last year? It can't. You know, that's not an, that's not an excuse. So he's either going to have to come, you know, come around and learn how to develop and recruit for that style of play too. But let's live in the moment. Let's be happy with what we see this year from this offensive line. And this is this is what he knows. Yeah. This is what he recruits for. This is what he develops for. Um, you know, and 
Barnes had some tough luck there at offensive line recruiting in the last couple of years. Some guys just not pan out. Some guys, you know, some four-star guys that you've signed that never made it to campus. Some guys who made it to campus never made it to spring ball and fall camp. Uh, there, like Isaiah Walker there. I mean, so there's been some better recruiting, but guys never even play a snap for Florida uh, there. But, uh, you know, it's just a, a development thing uh, right now, getting these guys in the program, you know, getting their weight down, getting their weight up, getting their strength up, uh, and putting them in a position to play in an offense like this that he knows. Uh, he, and, I mean, it's uh, this is an offense that him and Mullen and – Billy Gonzalez, they and Mullen has spoken on this this year that they, they built a long time ago with Bowling Green. Uh, they've learned how to adapt. They learn who to put where and and and, and adapt that way. So it's it, it's a, it's an you know, ad, attribution to Hevesy knowing this offense right and really just uh, you know helping. Um, I, I think the big thing for me is I mean it's even it's even provided depth this year. Uh, yeah, uh, we we wouldn't exactly. we if Florida had five offensive linemen <laughs> after last year. Yeah. You could sit here and say Florida's got eight. Uh, yeah, despite the guys who come in and played well in 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 in, uh, in spell of Reese who didn't start. You know, Braun comes in and plays really well. Delance goes down in, in the game. Here comes Tarquin playing well, and then Richard Leonard comes in and plays for Kingsley there at center and plays well. Barely, uh, barely a drop off in the in the run game production. So, you know, we wondered if Florida even has five, and now we can point to eight uh, here for this <laughs> offensive lineman. So, you know, yeah. it's a credit. It's a credit to the system. It's a credit to the scheme, but also a credit to, to to this coaching staff developing for this scheme. You know, down the road we can worry about it when you know Florida's passing the ball forty times a game, and we'll see what it looks like. But you know, we can live in the moment and, and enjoy the turnaround for now. And it doesn't hurt to have two great quarterbacks back there in Richardson you know and, 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 and Jones. And, and it leads me to the next question I'm going to ask here. I've never been a fan of the two-quarterback system. I've always believed that if you got a guy that, that is there, you know, that is consistent, you should go with him. But, you know, David, for some reason, I like this two-quarterback setup. And, and, and I think going down the road, this could be perfect for this Florida Gator offense. Yeah, I'm not totally against it either. You know, there's there is the saying: if you have more than one quarterback, you have none. Uh, but I think you trust Mullen here. If he wants to play two quarterbacks, you let him go with it. Uh, he, um, I know a lot of people, you know, have a have a weird feeling on Mullen and quarterbacks with the whole Frank's trash thing. But for for now, I think you you trust him with this one uh, and see where it goes. And look, I. Yeah. You talk about the offensive line, and look, the quarterbacks help that in regard too. I mean, yeah. when, when, when the offensive line looked their best last year was when Emory Jones was quarterback. You know, I'm talking about as far as at least running the ball. You know, Emory right. Jones would right. still come yeah. in, and uh, he he helped the offensive line look a little bit better than they probably were, averaging almost seven yards a carry uh, when he come in last year. And you see that continuing to this uh, continuing this year, and it's really slowed down pass rushes. It's really slowed down. Uh, defensive lines where they can't pin their ears back, and um, you know when when Florida does drop back and pass because they don't know if anybody's going to take off and run or you know what the play call actually is, so they don't they're not as aggressive just in case uh, a speed option is coming their way uh, when when um, you know when Florida drops back to pass. So there's a, there's a lot of when the quarterback gets involved in the run game, it really really helps this offensive line because it, it really calms down the defense. And Bowen's play calling also this year has really slowed down some pass rushes. I mean, he's mm-hmm. he's got linebackers thinking 
more so than just playing uh, in these last couple of weeks, especially yeah. versus Alabama. Alabama's yeah. linebackers were lost at, at times. Yeah, um, Mullins play calling. So uh, it's just it's been a total team effort there on, on, on offensive side. For one reason, this offensive line looks better. But credit to those guys too for putting in the work. Uh, and um, it, it starts there first. Uh, but then a total team effort with uh, the recruiting, development, play calling, uh, and, and the quarterback run game. All right, I'll, I'll, one one quick final question, then I'll go. Um, and this is totally something different. When uh, Kyle replaced Felipe Franks, um, was that the same game in which Cash Daniels tried to tear off Kyle Trask's ankle? Was that in the same game, or was that a different year? Uh, was the that was the same? Yeah, that was the same game. That's what I thought, and I, I wanted to get confirmation on it. Look, you do an outstanding job, and, and, and I really love what you're doing, and just please keep it up, man. You're great. Thank you. All right, thank you, sir. Bye-bye. All right. I'm all black in here once again. What's up, Ahmad? I see your mic's off, but I don't hear you, or you're not muted, but I don't see, uh, I do not hear you. All right, might be trying to come back in here, but, all right. Well, that's another thing, talking about that uh, offensive line, that run game, going to be uh, another another test uh, this week for the Gators, and look, Kentucky's, Kentucky's run defense Defense in general, it is inflated by who they've played uh, a bit. But, you know, as we said, you can only play the team in front of you. We'll see how they react. Uh, much like we said for Tennessee last week, um, you know, it didn't pan out for them so well. Uh, but comparing it to Florida's offensive line and offensive run production the first couple of weeks, can you do it when the competition ramps up? And Florida's was offense is, has been able to do that the last couple of weeks. So we'll see if Kentucky is in that same boat. Yes, you can only play the teams in front of you. They're doing well. Can they translate that to SEC play? You had their they had their big game a couple weeks ago versus Missouri. They won by a touchdown there. That was a big game. That was a big game for me there. I, I had picked Missouri third in the SEC East over Kentucky. Um, okay, probably mistake there. <laughs> I just thought Missouri would be further along uh, in their uh, in their play with the coaching staff and, and their offense would be further along. Uh, there to, to beat Kentucky. Uh, but Kentucky, you got a tough physical team there. So they got their big win uh, second week of the season. Uh, there's been a lot of talk this week. You know, has, has Kentucky been sandbagging the last couple of weeks because of who they're playing? Um, maybe so, but they had to throw a lot out there already when they played Missouri week two. I mean, that was a game they had to win. It was a you know SEC East game, a uh, division game, a game they had to win. Uh, and, like, they had to. Whatever the the playbook is early in the season for changing OCs and they have a new quarterback, Will Levis, come in, they had to empty that playbook, I believe, uh, to get that win over Missouri. So there's a lot of film out there. Yeah, they haven't they haven't put out a lot the last couple of weeks. And you know, Kevin uh, McGuffey, my, my, my guest this week, previewing Kentucky, he even said offensive coordinator Liam Cohen uh, there for Kentucky did say, you know, like they we took Chattanooga lightly uh, and. Uh, probably played a, little, a lot more conservative than they should have. It almost cost them. You know, that, was a, that was a game Kentucky probably should have lost. Uh, just not for a pick six uh, there for, for that Kentucky defense. So that's a, a hit on the resume uh, against Chattanooga. And then last week versus South Carolina, they had a, they had a chance to break that game open a little more uh, than they did, but uh, but they didn't. Um, 
And South Carolina did a really good job of, of holding Wanda Robinson in check for the most part. I'm telling you, I went back and watched some more highlights of that kid. I mean, Florida better be ready. Um, now, I, I go back to 2020 and how 2020 started, and there was like that one receiver versus, you know, Ole Miss and South Carolina, and those games in a row, it was, and, and Texas A&M. You know, early in the season last year where it was just – it was one receiver who basically took over uh, for, you know, for, for that offense and really hurt the Gator defense. And Kentucky's going to be trying to, trying to do that with Wondell Robinson. I mean, look for this guy. He'll be in motion like crazy before the snap. A lot of pre, pre-snap movement with him. Uh, they'll line him up. Sometimes he'll be the only receiver on one side. If he's grouped with other receivers, he's most of the time in the slot. He's most of the time covered up uh, when receivers and when he's playing on the same when when the play starts and he's on the same side as other receivers of the formation. So look for that. But I mean, he's going to be a guy that they move around a lot. They're going to try and get the ball in his hands. He'll take sweeps. He'll take reverses. Um, shots down the field as well. I mean, he's a versatile guy. Uh, there we'll so we'll see how Florida lines up with him. And if him lining up in the slot sometimes, I don't know if you stick Kyrie Elam on, on him a lot like that. Uh, we'll see how Grantham adjusts to that. But when he's outside by himself, I think you match Elam up with him, no question. But that could also lend itself to Kentucky not putting him in that situation a whole lot because you don't want Kyrie Elam on him if you're Kentucky. So you may line him up, you may cover him up, you may bunch him up with some other receivers to you know, to get him open. Uh, I, I expect to see plenty of that uh, there with, with getting Rondell Robinson involved uh, for the for this Kentucky offense. So it's uh, it, it does you know, beg the question there: how, how does Florida play him uh, at, at times? And all right, let's get CT eighty two in here. Hey, man. Hey, Dave. How's it going, man? I'm doing well. How about you? Oh, man, it's great. Hey, listen, I want you to know I enjoy the content, enjoy the shows. Uh, you do a great job, man. Really Thank appreciate you, man. it. A uh, few things I want to point out. In the Tennessee game, I noticed um, Tennessee ran the ball pretty well on us up the middle yeah. at some occasions. And I noticed when they did that, it was Hopper was out of the game. And uh, Diabate was more in the middle. He's just not a middle linebacker. I appreciate, you know, he's a great athlete and everything, but man, he is—he cannot play that middle, and especially, especially against a kid like Rodriguez, because he's gonna—he's such a hard runner, such a powerful runner. It's gonna be that—that's the one key to this game that I'm more concerned about, even more than Wondell Robinson. I, I just—I don't yeah. know if we—we we have not faced a back that physical this year yet. Um, so, what do you think about that? Yeah, I, I do agree with you to a point, and I brought Hopper up in the preview too because I do think he needs to be on the field more. To me, he's the best tackler of the group uh, for, for yep. Lyman. If he, if he makes contact with you, you're going down. Uh, he's he's not really shedding off too much uh, when he's up there to make the tackle. I do think Diabate has a place in this game, but my thing is I think Kentucky probably knows that too. Like Kentucky will run a lot of outside zone, and they'll run outside the tackle, especially mm-hmm. left side. They're they're their best run performance uh, uh, throughout the whole season is running outside left tackle. And I love Diabate's pursuit. Uh, he's yes. probably one of the best pursuit linebackers Florida has. But right. I can also see Kentucky identifying, all right, well, when he's on the field, we're just going to run between the tackles. Because like yeah. you said, that, that, is his weak, that is his weak spot. Uh, right. But he is such a good pursuer. he got a lot of speed there. So I think he has a spot in this game. But if I and if me and you notice that he struggles in between the tackles as a linebacker, then – 
Well, we know Kentucky knows it too. So they'll probably run yeah. between the tackles a lot more if Diabate's on the, if Diabate's on the field. Uh, but if they do run outside, it's because they like running outside and they had a lot of success with it. So I don't think they shy away from it if Diabate's on the field. So that's when Diabate's going to have to make his, you know, his uh, his impact on this game is when they do run outside, use your speed, use your pursuit, and, and, and go make the tackle. But, yeah, I, I'd like to see a nice rotation of, uh, of putting Hopper in there with Moon and, and Diabate. I think he needs to play probably the most snaps he's ever played uh, as a Gator yeah. coming up uh, versus Kentucky here. Uh, like I said earlier, I think this is where you'll miss Ventrell Miller a little bit. I'd love to have him for this game. Uh, okay. I know he's a, he is a liability in coverage sometimes and, you know, sometimes doesn't. Always make the right decision in, in what gap to fill and stuff. But for the most part, in games like this, this is where Miller would just rack up tackles left and right. So, you know, we'll see how much of an impact him missing this game is. You know, Jeremiah Moon basically getting his first uh, experience playing linebacker versus an offense like this that's going to come and run at you over, your time, over and over again. I'd like to see how he reacts to that as well. So, mostly, I want to see Moon – Diabate, Hopper there. Uh, Bernie leaves a lot to be desired at, at linebacker now. Uh, that, that's just <laughs> yeah. something that has not worked out no. uh, there. You know, that was a, a player I was really high coming in on as a recruit. They just, for whatever reason, cannot just find a consistent spot for him to where uh, he, he don't plays tackle well in space. He, he, he doesn't tackle well in space no. at all. He, he's not, and he's not physical at all. Uh, no, to me, and that that goes to kind of your point there. It is. You know, a lack of physicality there with, with Bernie, and uh, I know that I know what the staff likes about him. He's rarely out of position pre-snap. I think he takes himself out of position after that. So <laughs> to me, if I'm weighing it, I'm like, well, I don't I don't care if he's in position pre-snap if he if he takes himself out of the play. Um, so yeah. he, uh, he took the wrong angle last week on Tennessee's first touchdown uh, instead yeah. of. He undercut the blocker instead of going over the top, and you know, that cost a touchdown there uh, for, for for Florida's defense. So, um, yeah, to, to I mean, me, I mainly at linebacker want to see Moon, Diabate, and Hopper there. I mean, you go back to the Alabama game. I can remember early in the game where they made that little swing pass to the outside. He had that play stopped yeah. to second and ten. We stopped that. We probably stopped that drive, um, you know, and because it would have been third and long at that point, and. Uh, it's just that that's the kind of frustrating things. But I want to also point out <clears throat> to your point about Bernie. I think you're starting to see uh, Robinson and the staff make that shift to no, they they understand they've got to get linebackers that can tackle yeah. in space. That's why they went after a Shamar James, yep. you know, EJ Lightsey. You watch film on those guys, man. They can play in space, and um, I think that's. That's that's what they're doing, and I'm glad to see them identify that on this defense and the trends of college football on offenses and all that. But one last point, <clears throat> um, Richardson. In my opinion, Richardson playing in this game, we're going to blow out Kentucky, in my opinion. I just – I believe that. No disrespect to Kentucky. <laughs> I, I, went, I watched Vince Young – play at Texas. I watched him play in the Houston uh, Reliance Stadium in Houston uh, when they played Colorado in the Big 12 championship. Yes, I know it was Colorado, but watching him every time he touched the ball, you just you thought you knew something special was going to happen. And it was just that way even when <clears throat> when he was younger at Texas. And Richardson gives me those same vibes. He just does every time he touches the ball. 
you just know or you feel that something special is fixing to happen. And I just think he's got that kind of presence about him. And I think him coming back is going to give the team a big lift. Um, Because I I know he's very popular on the team anyway, even before he showed the fans what he can do this year, you know. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited to get him back out there, too. Mullen seemed to be that way as well uh, and getting him back. I mean, look, there's just a d- different explosiveness uh, with him yeah. on the field. I mean, uh, I've said it all week, and you're probably tired of hearing about it. You know, this, this Gator offense the last couple of weeks, uh, they, 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 they're still explosive, but it's been a lot of doubles and triples. Uh, you know, you just, the explosives are still there, but you're still missing that home run. Uh, yeah. there, there the last couple of weeks, and that's what he brings to the table. And look, and I think he brings the home run ability to some other players as well. I mean, if mm-hmm. he comes in the game now with the film that he's put on the first couple of weeks, teams know that he is explosive and he's going to get the ball. But now that might open up a bigger run for Malik Davis. That might open up a bigger run for Naquan Wright because the teams are going to be so focused on him now. Uh, that you know, And they have to be. So that could open up some even bigger plays uh, yeah. there for some of these receivers down the field with that rocker step play. Or, you know, some of these running backs now with this zone read, it might make a, a, an easier run for them because the focus is – look, you don't – you know Anthony Richardson brings that to the table, so he's going to get a lot of the focus uh, on his own read. It's like, okay, if he hands it off to the running back, maybe we can stop that guy for – you know, he, it, that, that running back might run for 15, 20 yards, but if we let AR go, it's going to go for 80. And that's what I think teams' defenses have to worry about now. And that really could open up some bigger plays for, for, for the other guys on the field as well. All great points, man. Hey, I appreciate it. You have a good day, and go Gators, man. Go Gators, man. Uh, yeah, I want to go back to that, that linebacker talk, too, uh, there when you mentioned the Steve Robb and uh, the recruitment there. I, I, I do think there is a shift, and I think, you know, what we see at linebacker now are still a, a lot of guys that necessarily weren't necessarily recruited uh, for that position. You're seeing Diabate there, and, look, he came in freshman year, played more defensive, uh, you know, rush in there. Uh, getting to the backfield, and then he's a linebacker. Amari Bernie comes in, plays that nickel position uh, his first year, and then he's a linebacker. Now, I do think we've seen a shift, and you see it on the roster now. Jeremiah Wims is on the roster as a freshman. Um, you see uh, Chief Borders uh, as well. I, tell, I think eventually you're getting more of those true linebackers in that spot. But also, you know, you go and look at Derek Wingo. You know, he wasn't a linebacker in high school. And that was another guy. Now, they at least – saw that early enough to where he came in and played linebacker as a freshman. He made that shift as a freshman before he even played a snap for Florida. They, they knew they were going to make him a linebacker. But some of the linebackers Florida – look, I guess I got to go to Jeremiah Moon too. Jeremiah Moon wasn't – you know, he wasn't playing linebacker before this year. He's a guy they've had to shift from uh, rush in, buck, defensive end, to now a linebacker. So a lot of the guys that you're counting on at linebacker right now, your top three – Mostly, uh, as far as snaps go, Bernie, Diabate, Moon were not, you know, are not traditional linebackers, uh, at least in the Florida sense. But now, you know, you're getting Hopper more involved, who definitely is a linebacker. Uh, and you got some got younger guys. And I think that transition is going to happen where you see more true linebackers. But Florida's relying on linebackers now who weren't necessarily recruited for that position. So I think that's a definitely interesting point there and something that may stand out when they play versus Kentucky uh, Saturday night. So a lot of speed there, a lot of speed. Uh, but I think, you know, it's missing that consistent physicality there, and you hope it doesn't show up <laughs> in a big game like this versus Kentucky. They stood up well. Look, it, it, it all starts up front anyway. Like, how many times in this offseason 
And and also kind of going back and looking at last year, saying you need better play up front to help protect these linebackers a little bit. You need these guys to eat up offensive linemen so that the offensive linemen can't get to the second level and eat and eat these linebackers alive. And we've seen some improvement there. You know, you've seen Gervin Dexter take on double teams, triple teams at times. You've seen Valentino, Newkirk, and get in the backfield and make some plays. That's what is going to have to happen versus Kentucky. Now, it is a big game for these linebackers because there's going to be a lot of times when – the guys up front do their job, and it's going to be one-on-one versus Rodriguez and one-on-one versus Smoke, and those guys are going to have to make that tackle, and that, and it starts up front. Uh, but what you don't want to see is that defensive line not do their job, and then you have two or three offensive linemen at the second level, and they're taking the linebackers out of the play altogether, and the, and the run goes for 15, 20 yards. So it is going to be uh, imperative. And if, you, if you have these lighter linebackers, if you have more of these speed guy linebackers, that your defensive front do, do, does their job and not necessarily all these linebackers having to shed so many blocks. You know, at least you want the one-on-one versus the playmakers there for the Kentucky offense. Yeah, but definitely, definitely a front seven game <laughs> here for the Gators uh, at defensive line and linebacker. Going to be the difference in the game on defense, of course. Uh, not breaking, not breaking any news. Not having an original thought, but uh, that's just you know how, how it can, how it can, how it, how it can, how it can play out there up front for the Gators. All right, going about forty minutes here. I am recording this, so if you jumped in late or anything like that, it will be available on replay. Yeah, I think Twitter is supposed to be doing something on spaces where you can record it easier. So got the got the program running behind the scenes to record this uh, and put it out there for you guys. But I think Twitter's will come around and uh, I think help us out here and have a recording feature for spaces. Uh, but glad we can do this. Uh, glad that you guys hop on every Monday, every Friday after this. Be sure to join Gators Breakdown Plus if you want some post-game action right after uh, Dan Mullen does his post-game press conference. Uh, hop on Gators Breakdown Plus Discord server and kind of do a, a post-game chat, post-game wrap-up. There's a lot of fun there that we have right after the games. Uh, and uh, before I get Will in here, um, support the sponsors. I won't, I, won't, I won't berate you with the sponsors, but support Four Rivers. And if you want some barbecue this week, enjoy the games. Full SEC slate of games. You don't want to be cooking all day. Go get you some Four Rivers, $5 off, $25 or more when you mention Gators Breakdown. If you want to bet, go to my bookie. And if you want to, you know, stay clean for your lady friends, get some Manscaped products out there. All right, Will, here we go. Let me get you in here, man. Will Thomas. Hey, man. What's going on? Can you hear me? I got you. Yes, sir, man. I was seeing what you, what your prediction is for um, Saturday, man, and how you think uh, they're going to hold up. Yep, uh, I think Florida's going to hold up good. Uh, I do expect a, a healthy dose of AR, and that does uh, kind of what CT82 was talking about. That that uh, that raises that raises my score prediction a bit there for Florida. I think uh, that gets your gets your explosives out there. I do think uh, Florida would need the explosives, you know, keep to keep it from a, a, a tight game. You know, look, I'm not, right. that's not to say I don't believe Emory Jones cannot, can win this game or whatever. It's just we've seen this offense lend itself to Emory Jones to some long drives, long 10, 11, 12-play drives. Yeah. So that's going to slow the game down a little bit, and I think keep the scoring down a little bit. Uh, but with AR in there, I think it does give you some more explosives there. But, yeah, I got the Gators 30-17. Um, 
I just that is just the way I, I see it breaking out there. I think it's close. I think it's probably 24-17 in the fourth quarter. Florida gets that late score. I think it's 30-17. Uh, yeah, that's how, how I see it. Okay, so you don't you don't think we'll pull a, um, a Georgia and Vanderbilt out? No, I, I don't see that. Uh, I, I do think the things Kentucky does well in running the ball and, and getting a playmaker like Wondell Robinson involved is, um, you know, leaves some questions for me with this Florida defense. Uh, I, I see. I, I can't see that kind of performance because. I'm still not as high on this defense as I thought yeah. I'd be. Uh, I, I like the defensive line, uh, and I want to see the secondary um, play with better eye control. Wrap up, better, basically. Yeah, and you play with better discipline. If Kentucky gets that run game going, then you, can, you have to start worrying a little bit that that play-action game is going to get the best of this secondary uh, right. a little bit. And so I, I think they'll hit that play a time or two uh, for some big plays. But I, I, I do think we'll kind of see there'll be a quarter – where this Florida defense will just completely shut down Kentucky <laughs> like they have uh, the last couple of games, and that, that'll be the difference in the game. Okay, then. And another thing on, on, on Emory Jones, I got love Emory Jones. I really do. But, like, the plays that he break for, like, 10 and 15, I've been watching that. Like, Anthony Richardson, like, he's scoring on those. You know, that's the only difference I see between them. Like you say, explosive. Yeah, I mean, look, I, I think we're, we're, what you have right now, I think you play both quarterbacks. I think you can win with both quarterbacks. I, I think, you know, Dan Mullen's got to find the right balance uh, when, when you look at it that way. But you know, we'll see. AR gets that third drive of the game. Uh, we'll see if that's how it plays out, like it did the first couple guys or first couple games of the season. And, uh, you know, see what happens with that, that drive. You hope you hope Florida's already up 7 nothing, 10 nothing, 14 nothing at that point. And he comes in and extends the lead uh, and gives Florida the third score of the game. But, uh, you know, a lot to look forward to there with uh, AR gets back on the field and how it just opens up this offense. Um, and, you know, we'll see how Jimmy Jones reacts. Right. We'll see. We'll see the whole looking over the shoulder. I mean, that is, that's a complete guess. You know, if he's looking over his shoulder, how does it affect him? You know, we'll, we'll see. I mean, there, there's a couple factors this week when you look at that. You know, is, is he playing in a road game? Is that more of a factor than him looking over his shoulder for AR or is AR? Uh, you know, a, AR there uh, going. Sorry, I had to. I had to mute that. It was getting loud in the background, Will. Um, but uh, yeah, we'll see how it affects Emory Jones uh, with, with AR back in the fold. Okay, now, did you hear anything about um, Elam or is he going to play? Or? Uh, I, I expect him to play. Um, I think he probably took it a little bit light in practice this week, uh, more precautionary. Um, I was told last week if it was a much bigger game, if Florida had been playing Alabama last week, he probably would have been playing. Okay. Um, so, uh, but we'll, yeah, we'll see. Um, Mullen's kind of coy about injuries, and we'll see that. But kind of asking around, I, I, I just think it's a little bit on Saturday. But that's all I got for you, Dave, man. I appreciate it. I will. Thanks, man. All right. A lot there. As we discussed the last almost hour or so, let me get uh, it scaly in here. Before we wrap it up, all right, Scaly Puppy. There you go. Uh, can you hear me? Yep, loud and clear. All right, so I got a question. Do you think that we see 
throughout the season, season Desmond Watson get into the rotation at all? And I don't, I'm joining a little late, so I don't know if anyone's asked what your prediction on the Georgia and Arkansas game is. Uh, no, I haven't discussed that. Uh, but, yeah, a good point on Desmond Watson because with this Kentucky team, uh, and as much as they like to run the ball, you know, it's going to be a physical game up front. And this may be a game where we see more Watson than, than we have. Like, look, he's played in, in, in the big games. He's played versus Alabama uh, a couple weeks ago, uh, made some plays uh, early, uh, you know, in, when he come in and, and play in that game. So I absolutely think we'll see him. This is, uh, now I don't know how much, you know, well, I don't know where his – um, progression is in being able to play a lot of snaps. Uh, that was the big worry for him coming in. You know, of course, with that weight, um, he, can he get more in shape? Uh, and at this time of the year, you know, you're not really working on that. Uh, that's a lot of preseason uh, work that you have to do to get in shape to, to play a whole lot of snaps. But I think you'll have, certainly have a place in this game as much as Kentucky likes to run the ball, as much as they like to be physical up front. You're going to have to rotate a lot of those guys up front. So I expect to see him in this game. Uh, especially in short yardage situations, goal line to go situations. I could see uh, them saving Desmond Watson more so for those type of plays um, to when you have time to bring him off the sideline. So absolutely, I think as the season goes along, we'll see him uh, some more as well as he gets some experience. Uh, that, that's another thing right now. But you know, a lot of times it's, hey, just go just, just go be a space eater. Uh, and that, that, that's your job. So uh, I think we'll see that uh, a good bit tomorrow versus Kentucky. Rotate some guys in. Get some guys healthy, uh, you know. Keep some guys, keep some guys healthy. Keep some guys fresh uh, for the end of the game. Because as I mentioned earlier, I think fourth quarter tackling is going to be a big, big topic in a, in a close game there. So you're going to have to rotate up front, make sure those guys are, are as fresh as they can be in the fourth quarter. Uh, and then Georgia, Arkansas. I, I got Georgia uh, winning that one. Um, I'm torn on if I think it's a blowout or not. I think Arkansas's defense is really good. Um, they can give Georgia some troubles. Um, there's been some talk out there that JT Daniels still might not, still may not be fully healthy, dealing with oblique pain uh, still, uh, and that he may not start. Uh, I I haven't really been able to chase that down a whole lot to, and get some confirmation there. So we'll see uh, how how much that plays into it. We'll see if Kentucky's playmaker or uh, Arkansas's playmakers are healthy, ready to go. I know K.J. Jefferson was injured last week. It looks like he'll play, uh, and Arkansas is going to need him to play at quarterback if they want a chance to beat Georgia. Um, so I, I hope he plays because also I think it gives us a good indication. Georgia hasn't played a good offense all year. Uh, Arkansas has been explosive. Arkansas has been explosive in the run game. Arkansas has been able to hit some one-on-one shots with their playmakers because their run game is working. It would give us a good indication on this Georgia defense. It would give us a good indication on – an offense that's similar to Florida in some ways, being able to run the quarterback, rely on the run game, if that can work versus the Georgia defense. I'm not saying if it does, if Arkansas can't do it, that Florida can't do it in a few weeks. But I think if you see Arkansas have some success with it, then you can feel better about Florida being able to do those same things uh, coming up in a few weeks. So there's a lot to keep an eye on in this game. Glad it's a nooner. Glad we get to watch it. That's a, you know, that, uh, Florida couldn't have picked a better time for a road game with all this this big SEC slate, you know. So if you're not not you know at the swamp, sometimes you if you're tailgating and hanging out with friends and stuff, you don't get to watch all the games. You don't get to consume all the games like you want to. You get to do that with a road game now uh, with, with Florida and Kentucky. So good time for a road game because we get to watch these big SEC slates, uh, the big SEC slate of games tomorrow. 
Right. Um, I definitely think this game will be important to watch because I do feel like Arkansas's offense may be in no slight towards them, like a slightly less talented version of Florida's offense, at least that yeah. what they want to attack. So I definitely think that's important. Then I also have one last question for you. Uh, at least for the next couple games, uh, for the second cornerback position, do you think it's going to be uh, Jason Marshall, Avery Helm, or Elijah Blades? Uh, that's a good one. That's a good one. I like the physicality Blades brought to the position last week in what we saw. Uh, like Marshall more so than Helm <laughs> in a rewatch. Um, when you go and look at what guys were able to do, Helm got away with some drops by the Kentucky or by the Tennessee receivers, uh, some missed throws by quarterbacks for Tennessee. Um, so I'm leaning more Marshall right now, and then maybe give me more Blades as well. I think um, we'll see. I guess we'll see that position battle a good bit coming up the next couple of weeks and, and kind of maybe solidifying that for the rest of the season. Uh, you'll have a bye week before Georgia. Maybe you figure something out there as well. Uh, but right now, if you're asking me, I'd, I'd like to see more Marshall and more Blades as we move forward right now. Also, uh, I know I said one, one, one last thing, but oh, I good. thought of something. Uh, Perkins, he impressed me week one. Then I feel like we have not seen – like we've seen definitely more Travez Johnson than we have Perkins. I, I don't know if there was an injury or they just felt Travez Johnson with his – uh, being on the team longer, obviously, is a better fit. So uh, That's part of it. Uh, if you go back, there's times in the Alabama game where Perkins was lost pre-snap, and I don't think coach, coaches like that. Travez, and maybe to the staff, maybe too much, but you can't have guys out of, out of, out of position pre-snap. Completely understand that. Uh, so, you know, Travez lines up – and. It, you know, and he got better after a slow start in the in the Bama game, uh, but you know that that lack of a tackle last week on Tennessee's first touchdown. He didn't even try to tackle after Brian missed a tackle. Uh, he's right there with Torrance and can make a you know has a chance to try and make the tackle and he doesn't uh, doesn't even really try. So that rose me the wrong way. But Perkins uh, last couple weeks. Um, Luke Laws versus Alabama pre-snap. And then last week, you had some other defenders having to tell him where to line up, where to be. Uh, so it looks like he's still trying to learn the playbook to, you know, and, and the scheme on defense a little bit. And the staff's going to probably keep him out for a lot uh, of time to try and limit a big play uh, in that regard. So it may, mainly to me is, I'm like you, I, I like the physical ability. I like what he brings to the table as far as you know, just playing uh, but it does look like as competition ramped up and you played some better offenses, you played some better schemes out there on offense, that he did look a little lost at times. And that's probably what's keeping him off the field. All right. Uh, I appreciate it. And as always, go Gators. Go Gators. Thank you, man. All right. That will do it. Almost an hour here. There we go. Everybody, thank you so much for joining this Twitter Spaces again. We'll be back Monday morning to do it all again. We'll talk about this game, get your thoughts after the game on, on Monday, get your reactions, of course, with Florida and Kentucky. Hopefully, hopefully we're talking about a victory there. Everybody's happy, happy, happy on Monday morning. 
As I said, if you want some post-game coverage, live post or yeah, live post-game coverage after the game, you can join Gators Breakdown Plus. We'll have a Discord post-game show on there. You can catch the game review on Sunday. We'll do the Florida Kentucky game review on Sunday, of course, like we do during the season after every game. So, all right, everybody, go listen to Gators Breakdown this week. All the episodes there, if you've missed any of them, a lot more Florida Kentucky talk there. Uh, and more of my thoughts on how the game will play out. But everybody, thank you so much for joining this Twitter Spaces, and we'll see you again next week.